Okay, Jack, another day, another FBL pod. Game week one over. Mm-hmm. Now we find ourselves in a position where we have to look back and review, cast a light or shine a light on all of our theories, all of our presumptions. How did you do? Josh, I'm not a happy man, Josh. I'm not a happy man. It's not. I mean, what a crazy week, right? What a crazy game week one it was. Um, unbelievable point scoring. Average point 69. Uh, that's got to be up there with the highest ever, I think. And yeah, great to have the Prem back. Great to have fans back. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. I was really happy to be back for about 10 minutes. And then Bruno gets his hat trick. As we know, I'm team Bruno, not team Bruno. Yes. Disastrous start to the week. And it didn't get much better, Josh. It didn't get much better for all Jackie boy. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run through it. I got a score of 67 in total, so two below the average. Salah captaincy, about the only good thing that came in. But even with the Bruno doing even better than him, that didn't even feel that great. You know, it was just great. Salah got a goal and two assists. Great. Bruno, Bruno just, just completely did me in. Greenwood got me the eight points. Simicast clean sheet, match Trent, which I was pleased with. Ings with a last minute, last minute consolation goal. Those were good things, but on the whole, really sad. That Mane punt over Bruno really just blew up in my face in a really horrendous way. A hat trick. I mean, oh, it was it was not good. It was not good. And then the rest of my team didn't do a lot. Bamford, Rafinha did nothing. Mares big disappointment this afternoon. Luke Shaw and Kufal. I mean, defenders, fine, whatever, one point each. Uh, and Brighton conceded, so that's Sanchez and goal getting me two points. And that's all I really want to say about my game week one team, how they did, Josh. Tell me some good news. How did your team do? Oh, well, commiserations for yours, Jax. Thanks, man. There's a long season. One, you know, there you one go. of 38 game weeks. Yeah. Myself, I'm on 96. So. Oh, Josh, happy for you. Happy Thank for you. you. Thank. That's all there. We're a team. We're on night six, Jack, together. Yeah, there you go. Points. There we go. There you go. Um, so I think that's an overall at the moment kind of ranking of just under, you know, the 800,000 odds. And that kind of shows you how high the points were this week, mm. how everyone was doing kind of generally in the game. The points Some big scores. The big um, scores flying around, man. Yeah. It, exactly. And, and I think, like you said, I was a brew. Yes didn't captain him a lot of people in in our mini league chats and stuff and people generally tweeting about oh should have picked fernandez and i think yeah for, for your own like mental health should i say like i the way i rationalize it is if you asked me before this game week started out of a hundred times how many times would you pick salah how many times would you pick fernandez and they were the only two on the table for me i'd pick salah 95 times out of yeah and yeah i think that's fine with the salah Definitely. If you've got Fernandez and you're Captain Salah, I mean, you are you are laughing, really. I mean, the Fernandez, very few people who had Fernandez actually captained him statistically. So that was a relief, really, for, for me. A, a, a small just point of Salah. So I think if you've got him, just be really happy you've got him. Yeah, but not that wasn't the only good news in your team, was it, Joshua? No, son. I talked about maybe the sacrificial mm, son to free up some, some cash. I thought you were going to do it, yeah, but you held... You held firm i held yeah i had a little worry with the vestergaard transfer to leicester thinking oh no this bad signs for amati who actually you know played and and got got some good points 
but Vest, it looks like Vestergaard will be coming into that team long term. So I yeah. got I bolted at that a little bit, got a bit worried. I thought I need to get Amati out because my bench isn't particularly strong. So I basically downgraded the subkeeper because I had Sanchez as my subkeeper. So I downgraded to to Foster. Right, to get, get a little point five in there money, and then brought in Veltman for that who didn't get anything. So that's kind of something that wasn't in the squad. Wasn't exactly. a squad, was it? Was it a COVID thing? It was not sure. Like that. Don't, don't no. know what the deal is, but from an lack FBL of match fitness, the FBL have updated it as. That's interesting. I've never seen that one before. Uh, yeah. Do do we care? No. He got zero points. Thanks. Yeah. FBL. But um, <laughs> so that's probably something for me to a hole to plug for for game week two. But overall, I could keep some. He came in good. I think watching the game, if you're looking at if you're like hanging the uh, putting the magnifying glass over Sun, what you'd say is he didn't look himself in a couple of early opportunities where he was really indecisive and cut back. But mm. the positive news is Spurs look like they're going to be decent this year, which means hopefully Sun has a good platform to kick off. I mean, what a win! Yeah, what a win against City. Ten points against City from Sun. You cannot complain, can you? To take that all day, every day from Sun there. Exactly, phenomenal and- result. And he's, it looks like he's playing through the middle. He's taking the cane role. So um, mm. you've got a midfielder who is and and pretty much an out-and-out striker for them. So, yeah, we'll be holding on to him, see how he does over the next game weeks. But happy happy to hold with him. And um, and then Antonio, obviously, Miss Penn, but still doing bits apart from that. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the Miss Pen, I was like, oh, thank you, finally, a good thing. And then to make up for it, he gets another goal and assist. So, brilliant. Cheers, Antonio. Yeah, great shout with Antonio. You know, I made the wrong choice in Bamford there. Really good, um, really good pick. There's a lot of those good strikers. Wilson got a goal as well, didn't he? Dominic Calvert-Lewin got a goal. Feels like they all got a goal, except Bamford. Damn yeah, it, Bamford. Leeds were not really at the races, were they? Um, no, strange one. I only saw the highlights of that game, but yeah, I... Um, Man United looked very good, didn't they? They look, they mean business. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough, isn't it? I think if we try to speak about it purely from a ice in our veins, FBL perspective, one game week, that's not a very good statistical, you know, sample to it's, take from. It's not. It's I think not. looking at, you know, Pogba got, what, four assists? His his um, expected assists, Unbelievable. I think, was... Through through the roof his, in his return. I think his, his XA was looking at it now 0.72. Yeah, so, incredible. Similar to Bruno, expected goals of 0.78, and he got three goals. Incredible it, stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, I think obviously that's not going to happen every week for United. Mm. They were buzzing in as a home kind of home fixture, and they rolled out for Ran presented mm. Varane beforehand so the crowd were buzzing yeah. um, I mean let's but... talk about let's where well, we could talk about that that home advantage this week I mean just look at it now one two three four five six seven out of the ten games was a home win which is like a very a very strong not the usual mix that you get typically year on year statistically so those crowds I mean as soon as I watched that Arsenal game on the Friday the Brentford game I remember they zo- just zooming up into the eyes of the Arsenal players. You could see they would just look shell-shocked, especially the younger ones. They weren't used to having, you know, 17,000 people. And so it was only Brentford, but that many, th- tens of thousands of people screaming at them. 
you could just see in their eyes, they just looked flummoxed. They just looked bewildered at what they were, you know, having a year and a half of no crowd. I really think it had a big effect for these for these home teams. What do you reckon? Yeah, home advantage is back, baby. Home advantage mm. is back. And I think you're right. When you look at those fixtures, I mean, the Brighton beating Burnley, yeah, that's a bit of a, bit of a coup for Brighton. But the Liverpool-Norwich one, yeah, Norwich are playing at home, but you'd expect Liverpool to, to maybe win that as a fixture in itself. Yeah, and of course the, it would, yeah. The West Ham-Newcastle one, again, West Ham off of last season. I, I watched the Newcastle-West Ham game and Newcastle looked really good in the first half, but I think the quality of West Ham showed in the second. So you'd say that maybe they were quite one-sided fixtures, but there are others, like you said, the Brentford one, you'd expect yeah, Arsenal to maybe roll them over. And I think that you would, yeah. Watford Villa, I mean, Watford Villa, just to compound my misery, Watford oh, being Jack. Villa, it was very sad, Josh. Very depressed about that one. You but almost came back, Watford right? again. Yeah, I mean, it was too little too late. The first half, we were just horrendous. But yeah, good to see. Good for Ings to get his goal and things. A great job from Super John again. Um, but Watford, again, the, yeah, the, the home crowd were just... It was that first day of the season, plus home crowd, plus home crowds are finally back after a year and a half. Those three things really kind of mixed together, I think, to to create some real like cauldrons in these stadiums. And yeah, I think the, the away teams just got a bit shell-shocked in, in a lot of cases, I would say. But there we are. Maybe And maybe for, for FPL, we should have, I certainly should have thought that would be the case a bit more. But like you say, you don't pick a team for just game week one, do you? You pick it for, you pick it till game week two when you wildcard. <laughs> no, you yeah, pick exactly. it until, you pick it for a few weeks at least. And, you know, you just got to stay grounded, not panic. 67 points is still good in a way. You know, those kind of things I'm going to have to keep telling myself. Yeah. Well, let me ask you then, looking at game week one, and this is not a question about game week two specifically, but sure. after those performances, are you now looking at some of your players and thinking, I want them out? Are you thinking like, oh, this person, this person, this person yeah. going out in that order? And who I are they? I think the two, yeah, sure. So there's... The th- there's two big concerns, I think, and that's Mares and Mane. So Mane, Mane, I didn't watch the Liverpool game, but looking at his XG and XA and looking at the highlights, it didn't. He didn't seem to do that much. I think XG of 0.14. You're a Liverpool fan. How did he play? Did you watch the game? Yeah, I think he played well when you compare him to the Mane of last year, and mm. he did. He did look like he had confidence in his touch, something that was missing from last year. But the negative thing from an FBL point of view is the other attacking players looked much better in terms of potential points. Obviously, yeah. Salah, just clinical. Uh, Jota, yeah. great. I mean, Firmino, when he came on as well, they, they all look really strong. So you have to say 12 million for Mane. I don't think he's maybe it worse. Was, yeah, it was the big punt. And it was the punt that I always knew if it's not looking great, you could switch to Bruno the next week. And spoiler alert, I do think that's what I'm going to do. Um, but we'll come into that on the next the next section. The other one is Mares. So Mares, probably a bigger concern than Mane in a way because he didn't, didn't look great today, didn't look great in the Community Shield game. Norwich up next, but could well be benched, couldn't he, Mares? He knows the bench well. He could be benched. He could get 10 minutes. He could get 90 minutes. But he, after not playing very well the two games and those City players starting to come back into the fold, I think I need to be very concerned about Mares. 
yeah, again, it's another kind of punty, punty, risky choice that, that didn't pay off for me. 9.5 mil, not exactly one I can just shunt to the bench either. So I think I'll have to be looking at that, yeah, with a close eye. Yeah, yeah I, I, I wouldn't say... I think the, the Mane one was a punt from the perspective of... It's not just, Bruno. You justified yeah. it. You went with him over Bruno. And you can see, especially for the opening fixture, why you would done why you would have done that. And it could have quite easily turned out differently. But the the Mares one, I I think that was an even it was quite a safe bet, really. I think there was quite a few people that were looking at Mares and mm. maybe went with other players because they were cheaper or maybe a bit safer bets. The pet roulette is always a fear, isn't it? <laughs> and, and I think They've just got so many attacking players. That was evident at the game today when they mm. when they bring them off the bench, and they can all play across that front line. And Foden's, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know when Foden's going to come back actually, but you know, if he comes in, that's even more. And and Mare's minutes will will drop accordingly, won't they? They will. And I think it was interesting that he played Grealish for the full game. I think he's really, really trying to blood in Grealish, and obviously they've paid the ridiculous price for him. I know Pep, I think every manager, when it comes to massive major price tags, feel a bit of pressure to play those players. And I think I can foresee Pep playing Grealish game in, game out, really, until he really, really gets into his fold, or unless he's awful. I didn't think he was that bad today, actually. Some people would joke and say he was terrible, but he he did okay. He did he sort of did Grealish-ish things, but they didn't quite come off for him. So yeah, that's we'll not see, see what happens. It's not a city firing on all cylinders, is it? And that's no. difficult for any any player to, to come into because they're a scalp for any team. Yeah, so, um, exactly, man. Spurs at home as well. That's the stadium was bouncing, but there um, you go. Yeah. So what, about, what about uh, what about what about, what about your team, Joshua? First, give, let me throw the question back at you. You've had a, you, you're firing on all cylinders, your team, but you, there are a couple of couple of blankers. Thoughts on them? Any concerns? Yeah, if you know what I think. The blank players, for me, it was Kufa on one, Shaw on one, Rafinha one, Tony on two, and then obviously Martinez and Gold didn't, didn't get clean sheets yet too. Yeah, what do you think of Tony's performance on, on Friday? I mean, man of the match performance he, he got. Obviously, that mm. doesn't mean much for our FPL points perspective, but it was <laughs> he is the focal point, and I think he is going to be the person who's double-marked. He didn't have a lot of space, and I think his strike partner yeah. actually found himself having a lot more space, a lot more availability to run with the ball and without the ball because everyone was getting drawn to Tony. That said, I, st- I think Tony put in a great performance. So, And Brentford look all right. So I think at 6.5, again, we discussed this in the last uh, pod. It's great value, yeah. I mean, who are you going to replace him with at that price point? It would have been Neil Mope. He did score. But you're only going to want Mopay now for maybe three more fixtures. And it just feels like so like for like, why would you burn a transfer for that? I think, yeah, I agree, man. I think you're totally safe with Tony. And they looked, they looked the real deal, Brentford. Like I love the way they the way they play was great. The unorthodox tactics. Like, did you see them when they went up for the corner? It's mental. Did you watch that game? Yeah, so the throw-ins as well. They were crazy. The throw-ins are great. Rory Delap's back. Yeah, throw-ins great. Scored from one, and the corners just putting everyone up for the corner, just completely intimidating. Really interesting team to to have in the Premier. Hungry. Um, Mm. So yeah, Tony, uh, it's a hold for me um, on him, and also Rafinha, Sean, and Kufal. Maybe because we know what they're (laughs) capable of from last year. 
But I think there were glimpses from Kufal, especially later in the game. He whipped a cross in, which Antonio somehow headed on. Hit the, the bar? Post. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Or yeah. postal bar. I mean, that, that would have been an assist for Kufal. They were pinned back a little bit earlier in the game. And I was a bit worried that he wasn't going to get forward, but it was more the Kufal of, of old or last season yeah. later on. So I think safe bet, hold on to him as well. Um, Rafinha, let's just say, we'll wait to see what happens with Leeds over the next few yeah. weeks. Um, yeah. He's still going to be a good option and still only you know quite cheap accordingly. Shaw is probably the one I'm most worried about because I, maybe it is the fact that the midfield and attack for United was so dominant that he didn't really need to get up the pitch. Him and oh, one that's interesting. To get up. Yeah, but I didn't think about that. I couldn't really see him bombing and overlapping and putting in balls and finding himself in that like central left attacking position as much. But it's only one game, so I, you don't. I don't know what to make of that. But he didn't look like the attacking shore that we saw last year. So yeah, in a 5.5, you start thinking, you know, who else? Are there better know? options? Yeah. Well, Alonso, look, well, I, I didn't only heard oh, the commentary. You don't want to go there, do you, though? Looked, he did he, look, he, but he always does when he plays, I think, Alonso. But how, how long is Chilwell going to be out, really? Like how, like, you know, like how, I don't want to touch either of them because there's so, it's that really annoying t- incident where there's two very, very good players but you can't really pick either of them because you don't know which one's going to start with uh, with Chelsea, I think. Yeah, that is that is the the benefit you get with Shaw. He's, he's, he will start. Um, yeah. yeah. Give, let's, give Shaw, let's give Shaw more of a chance, Josh, I think, with Rafinha. Let's, we've both gone and both. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt for week one. Good. So, yeah, that, I think generally it's a, it's a hold on to most of them. You've got two to think about, but it's only one game week. Yeah. And speaking of another game week, in the next bit, we'll talk about what are the good options from the week just gone that we've got our eyes on, who we're bringing in, and the, and who we're captaining. Look into the future, a peek into the future. Yeah, very good. Right, see you in a second. Bye-bye. And we're back into the second part. Now we're going to talk about game week two. And we're going to start this section by talking about what specifically you're going to do, Jack, because obviously the listeners know about your team. And then we're going to move on to maybe, because they've got different teams, what would you do in a Mm. hypothetical world, an ideal world, should we say? But let's start with what are you going to do with your team for game week two? Sure. Well, actually, Josh, I'm afraid it's something I've already done to my team because in a very... I got back from a long walk today and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this transfer anyway. Let's just do it now. And the off chance there's a price rise for this guy because I've got the exact money. It's Mane out, Fernandez in, Bruno in. Let's lock him in. Let's forget the last week ever happened. Let's pretend it never happened. Get Bruno into your team. I take, you know, he's phenomenal, isn't he? He, he defies the odds. We talked about his low XG in the last game. He's still got three goals. He's averaged something like 10 points a game since he started in the, in, in the league. Fancy points a game. It's just madness that I never had him in the first place. So that's it. Mane out, Bruno win. There was no... Mares, like I said, was the other consideration. But 
at 9.5, it would have been a drop down to maybe a Havertz or somebody, but I just think the Mane to Fernandez, it's just, don't overthink it. It's one of those, don't overthink it, get Bruno win. Otherwise, every Man United game, I'm just going to be, have that horrible feeling. I said, I think I said it in one of the other parts, when you know, when you get that feeling of dreading watching a player, that's your gut telling you, you should probably have him in your team. And that's the feeling I had. As soon as that first Bruno goal went in, I was I was playing a game of football at the time, and I was like, "Guys, just don't tell me the updates. I don't want to know. I don't want to know." And of course, they all did. Bruno goal, Bruno goal, Bruno goal. It was just awful. So yeah, Bruno in, Mane out, done. Do you think I've made the right move? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're gonna of ev- any FPL player at, for this whole season. If you could give them two players to pick for the whole season, set and forget, it'd be Salah, yeah. Bruno. No, it would, wouldn't it? And you're right, you, the, the reservations that you had that you explained before were valid before we saw the United team get on the pitch. Now yeah. they're not valid. Now you they're invalid. In your team. You do. Everybody listening, get them in. Hell or high water, get them in. Everyone's brew yes now. Exactly, man. Um, um, so nice and simple for you, yeah. Locked in, already done. Yeah, nice and simple. Same formation. Same bench players, locked in, Dunham staring it out. Happy days. Feeling good about it. Southampton away. Thanks very much. So you're going to bring him in and captain him? Well, well, do we do captains now? Let's just, well, well maybe maybe talk about captains after the next bit. Okay. We have a more okay. general captain discussion. What are you thinking about your team, Josh? Well, I, yeah, I hinted it in the first section. I need to get rid of Veltman because my bench mm. is quite light. So I've got... Veltman, Brownhill and Obafemi, who are kind of the three locked in on the bench. Obafemi, obviously, not likely to get minutes. So in case mm. there's any squad rotation or, or injuries, it leaves me very light. So Veltman 4.5, potential options that I'm looking at are, there's a number of Brentford defenders that are coming in at 4.5. They've got Palace next. You know, they looked pretty, pretty solid. And then they've got Villa Brighton and Wolves so they've got a, a, few, a few game weeks of maybe getting away with, with that and a good price point Thomas for Leicester also scored seven points Leicester you know look, looking pretty decent and then outside of that at 4.5 the only other person I'm really looking at is maybe Tanganga who is playing on the right side of a back four currently for Spurs and he looked good today he had a good game and, today didn't he yeah but i don't know if that is just that classic eye test very small sample they got a clean sheet against a maybe lackluster city um mm. ailing w- would have been in my if this was before game week one i would have considered ailing but with leads how they are at the moment they may find a couple of game weeks to to find their feet mm-hmm. so he did get a, go- a lovely goal to be fair great goal but will like that lightning bolt won't strike properly. Well, it didn't strike at all last season, did it? No goals, no assists. Game eight, one, bang, goal. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, I'm not going to be banking on Ailing's goal scoring points going forward. So, so yeah, those are my options. Haven't decided yet, if I'm completely honest. I will stew and wait close to the deadline to see if there's any injury updates from training and stuff like that. I'm not going to... I don't need to make my decision this early on. Very good. Yeah, you're going to do the classic wait and see. I'll wait Relax. for the conferences. Just, wait for just, the conferences. Very good. Just in case there's any um, 
any injuries or any news from mm. from training, especially literally right up and probably until the nice until the deadline. Been burnt too many times making those early early shouts. It's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird one. I think in in rare cases you just have to go for the pull the trigger if you've got the exact money. You're worried about a price rise, but yeah, generally generally it's it's a good thing to wait for sure. Good. So we've talked about ourselves, but that's maybe not very helpful for the listeners. No. Looking boring. outside of very boring, too boring. Looking too boring. outside of your team, who would you want? as a defender, a midfielder, or an attacker, if you could have anyone? Um, mm. Players that you've got already or players that you don't have? Yeah, so looking at the look at, well, look at the highest scorers of the week so far, you've, we've mentioned already Alonso. Chalaba's the second for Chelsea, another great, great goal from him. I'd avoid those two, personally. I've mentioned it with Alonso, Chilwell coming in. Alonso, you don't know how much he's going to play. Chalaba, again, it was a similar to the ailing one, I think. Absolute screamer. How often is he going to play? It's their their avoiders from me. Pereira, the third highest scorer. He is a he is a very interesting player. I think you mentioned Luke Shaw replacements, Josh. Mm. If he if he keeps his fitness, Pereira is a hell of a player for Leicester. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's super attacking, isn't he? I mean, he's kind of almost that Alonso style, but on the right hand side, yeah, left as well. But all okay at defending but an amazingly attacking fullback. So massive potential points. I agree. Yeah. yeah. If, if if you've uh, got the funds and you're not going to go short at 5.5, then great option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Man City, you've got Norwich next week. I mean, Stone, they reckon Stones will probably play. I don't think that's a horrible shout. And yeah, United with Southampton. I think, I mean, I think Shaw will come good next week, to be honest. I'd be surprised if Southampton got one against United. And live, of course, Liverpool, Burnley. We stick, we stick him with Simicast. If you don't have him, should you bring him in? Do you think? Um, the situation hasn't really changed. I think if he'd had a terrible game, then maybe there would be concerns that Milner might be dragged in as an emergency left back. Mm. But there isn't any senior left back who can really fit in to replace Simicast. What I'd say is he had an up and down game. There, there Did were. He? There were periods he fizzled out towards the end, ran out of energy a little bit. But there were there were parts where he lost possession, dawdling on the ball. He, he got his pocket picked when he was like the furthest defender back, just basically looking for a pass. Mm. But these are things I think it's coming with a player who doesn't have a lot of experience being in like the first team sure. for them. Definitely nothing to be worried about him being dropped. I don't think so. At four million again, if you're looking to bring in a defender, I don't know why you wouldn't bring him in um, yeah. he's locked in for quite a few game weeks lovely fully agree good one turned on with defenders what about midfielders who's the we've mentioned the obvious Fernando Salah get him in your teams but I think there's more interesting ones to talk about what do you think of uh, Pogba casual four assists well I saw this stat and someone will someone will correct me if I'm wrong but he got three assists for the whole of last season is that right yeah, yeah and three assists it. the season before or something like that. So he's already surpassed that in one game. I mean, I think what we'll say is, yes, he has the ability, but his output, there's a reason why he's priced at 7.5. And that's because his output of FPL points itself is is not going to be as high as, you know, especially in that team, kind of Bruno, or maybe even Greenwood. Greenwood looked 
very mm. good as a finisher and it looks like he's going to play up right up top so as a midfielder you're going to get good good value for money there but he's it's such a weird one Pogba isn't he because I think there's just always that I just always feel with him that he's just going to miss a run of games for some weird political reason at United you know he's never been fully settled there has he unbelievable player on his day but you feel like if he was fully, fully committed to the club or be- or didn't have that that weird feeling, that he'd be a hell of a 7.5 option, I think. You know? The only risk is, it, of those midfielders, and Bruno's obviously priced a lot higher than he, him, but Pogba runs the risk of being the assist of the assister so yeah. much. Like he, He'll bang those shots in, those, those kind of... Hollywood goals, but that's because he's that far back a lot of the time, isn't it? He is, he's sat kind of 30 yards out or whatever, or coming onto the mm. ball at 30, 35 yards. There's a reason he's out there. That's because he plays that much deeper. Whereas people like Bruno are getting into the box and they're having their shots. And, and actually, Pogba had an opportunity passed to him in the box, didn't he, on his left foot before Bruno, before they actually, their goals yeah. were scored and he missed his. So um, yeah. I think. I'd I wouldn't jump on the Pogba train quite no. yet. If he does it like next couple of game weeks and looks like he's really hit some form, then yeah, it might be like a Gunduan thing from last year, where yeah, he's just on fire. But I would I wouldn't go for him at the moment. Yeah, that's fair. I think if you own him, hold of course, but don't. Yeah, it's a hold. It's a hold, not a sell, but it's not a buy. It's one of those, isn't it? Benny Rama, what Benny boy. Jack, you, Josh, he was your golden boy. Don't what, what say it. Yeah, so he was in my my bus team, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Friday, I just thought it was between him. I can't. I think I had I had him, Gundogan, and Trent still, and then I got rid of Trent because I thought Simicas would match his points, which he has so far. Fingers crossed. But that then allowed me to upgrade, quote unquote, Ben Rama to Mares. And I went with Greenwood over Gundogan. Thankfully, that was a good shout. But yeah, Ben Rama, I mean, he didn't... Yeah, I mean, he got the goal. Um, I mean, you watched the game, actually, in full, Josh. What did you think of them? They did not look great in the first part of the game. Mm. And maybe this is coming back to that home advantage. But Newcastle really pinned them back. And Cresswell and Kufal, Sufal, couldn't really get up the pitch and apply the pressure from all angles. It lo- in many situations, it looked like the front four were like Fornals, uh, Ben Rama, Antonio. They were all kind of attacking just as a, as a four and not really getting much support. Mm-hmm. Second half, completely different story. West Ham applied the pressure. And I think Ben Rama then was definitely filling that kind of jailings role from last year and was right. really getting... That's where we thought he might play, yeah. Yeah, but he, as, as you said, he, he's getting forward. He If he continues to play in this position, he's getting right into those dangerous situations and playing right with Antonio. And actually, Antonio found himself on the left quite a lot um, mm. and letting the other kind of players go through the middle. So, yeah, it's, again, only one game, but at six mil for a good team like West Ham, they could be okay. Um, the only other thing I was going to ask you about is Suchek. So he had an XG of 0.8, got his goal. 
Mm. Apart from the goal, he did have some other chances. He's a dare funny we, one, isn't he? Dare we dream? Again? I dare. I dare not dream about Suchek ah. because he is. He's great. He is great. Don't get me wrong. I'd love him at Villa. I think he's a brilliant player. I just think. I think last year he went through. He had a very hot period, didn't he? Maybe the year before last, and they were super cheap. Everyone got on him, and rightly so. And then last year he didn't do so much, did he? He was very much playing playing his position really of, of the deeper midfielder at 6 million. I think there's, I mean, a Ben Rama is a no brainer. I'd go Ben Rama over him. Check. Yeah. I, I mean, that's my thought. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I, it's just because he was, again, to use the phrase golden boy for a lot of people last year, of course, his name's going to be thrown about again, but looking at the way they play, Ben Rama is going to be involved in a lot more attacking plays than than Suchek and Suchek of course massive from set pieces but and with Cresswell's left foot that is a big option but yeah Ben Rama's definitely more attacking so the one to go for yeah at the yeah. same price I think that's a that that rules out Suchek um, um one final question for me to you uh-huh. go on yeah sure and I'm sorry to bring this up but oh, Saar Saar so Saar ran you may have heard but Target got subbed at half time because Saar basically destroyed him on targeted him, didn't several he? occasions. He targeted him, didn't say sorry. <laughs> he targeted him and and he obviously got the goal. He got a very lucky goal, I would say. Very, very lucky bounce off of Mings to just loop over Martinez. Saar, but he is he is very good. He is very, very good. I would for me though, with Watford, it is a wait and see still with all their players. Just let's see. They had that home crowd bounce. Villa looked a lot better in the second half and Watford were a lot quieter, including Saar. So I wonder, I do just wonder if that first half, they were just really buoyed by the adrenaline of the crowd that were back in the Premier League, crowded back, blah, 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 blah. It's a wait and see with Saar. Wouldn't, wouldn't bring him in just yet. Okay, good. Yeah, I didn't watch that game, so I wanted your opinion. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. yeah, that's that would that would be that for me. And then forwards. Uh, so you've obviously got Antonio Josh. I think he's a brilliant pick even now. I think he's, uh, if I didn't have to be Bruno in, I'd be looking at him over Bamford. Fantastic pick. What do you think of Richarlison? So the golden, the golden Olympic boys back, people weren't sure he would start. He did start. He's yet another 7.5 striker who scored. What, what do you think of him and Calvert-Lewin? Let's lump them together. Yeah. I mean, we knew they were on a lot of short lists or long lists for people's teams for game week one weren't they looking at Everton's fixtures and because of what they've they've given us in previous seasons his quality is known Calvert-Lewin maybe his quality is less so known compared to Richarlison but I think now that we've seen seen them and think that Everton are going to show up maybe this season we've you've got to look at them and I think it's 7.5 and 8 for Calvert-Lewin I think they're both both decent options. I don't know who I'd who I'd pick between the two long term. I don't think there's much between them, to be honest. Richarlison is a bit of a maverick, isn't he? That like he he will destroy a team one game and then it's hot get and cold. A bit yeah. the next. I just think with the just they neither of them have really appealed to me, and I don't know if that's just a bias that I have, or it's an Everton thing, or it's uh, I mean DCL. He had an XG of one and he got one. He got the one goal. I mean, that header was so point blank. I think that just came from that. But yeah, I don't know what it is. I've just, I know DCL was a change man last year. 
I just still in my head is the years and years of very, very below average striker play from him that I just can't seem to shake. You know what I mean? He was terrible for years, right? I thought. Yeah, and, and at eight, you're comparing him to directly to a good bracket of other strikers. Richarlison, you've mentioned Antonio as well, and Ings, and Bamford, maybe not yet, but will possibly come into contention later on. So you have options. And if there's any yeah. doubt, then maybe, you know, you you put him a little bit further down the list and you just keep an eye on him for, for the next couple of game weeks. But I know where you're coming from. We're waiting to see if he finds that electric form from last year. Yeah, We can react to that. We don't have to get him in and hope, right? We've got other people that we can be a bit more confident in. But bottom yeah. line is their fixtures are great. For a long time, Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Villa, Northampton. That's true. That is very true. I mean, I'm and, still going on. I'm still weirdly going on my that bit of research we did for one of the summer podcasts of for just kind of ignore fixtures for attacking players and but really look at it for defenders. So that's kind of how I'm approaching this season generally. But if you're right, if you are the kind of manager that does lean on fixtures more for any type of player, then um, yeah, it's looking good. Definitely looking good for them. Great. And yeah, does one game week constitute form? I mean... Well, great, great question. Let's see. Let's see now the tables of... T- It'll be fascinating to see next week. Now the home teams are away teams, the away teams are home teams, what that looks like, I think. And and whether the same bump will be given to, to the teams that just played away. Like it will be a very, very interesting, uh, interesting comparison. So I'm looking forward to that. Good. So the final question I have in this segment for Game Week yep. 2 is captaincy then. Sure thing. Who are you Who are you captaining yourself and who would you captain outside your team for anyone you don't have? Well, now I think the... the, the same answer? It's the same answer, Josh. And it's, it's Mo Salah again for me. Home now. He's shown he can do it away. He's coming home. They've got Burnley. Uh, and he was just scintillating Salah, wasn't he, in the in the game? Brilliantly taken goal, whacking in the assist. Had another. He had a great volley off a Mane cross, didn't he, early on? Just deadly with that left peg, isn't he? Looks hungry, looks fresh. If you've got Bruno, if you like the look to Bruno's hat trick, they've got Southampton away. He's probably going to return. He's on my team now. I hope he does. He's my vice captain. So I can't look beyond them too. I mean, Man City. You've got Norwich. If you've got a good inkling. If you think you know who's going to play for Norwich, if Mares had banged today, I might be tempted with him. But I just think a disappointing performance on them today, I wouldn't go near. I don't have the have the husper to go near a City player for a captaincy. So those are my thoughts. What about you, man? Um, agree on all accounts. I don't think anyone's got the husper to all the time to try and mix it with any predicting who. City may have against Norwich. That looks like the standout David Goliath fixture there that you might yeah. want to zero on a captain, but there's no obvious choice there. So we go to the next two biggest and the Mo and Bruno. And <coughs> you've already, you already pointed out Burnley, Southampton, both got beat in the first game week. They don't look convincing. Maybe Mo because of the home fixture if you're looking for anything between it. But if I'm honest, there's nothing. There's nothing between them, other really. 
I don't know. I think Mo's still. I know Bruno got the hat trick, but Mo's just still a better captaincy choice than Bruno. I think just in generally everything else aside, I think he's just shown. Although here I am again slating Bruno, and I just shouldn't because he's just proven me wrong time and time again. So yeah, they're both great. They're both neither are a bad pick at all. Are they? They one of those two is the correct pick of captaincy. I think this week. Flip a coin. Flip it. Yeah. Excellent. So there's your game week two done segment two and now we're gonna take another little break and then we're going to introduce something which is going to be a theme through all of our oh yes all of our sessions all of our episodes oh yes and indeed i'll let you introduce that but um tune in cool. in a couple of seconds for a little <laughs> surprise And we're back. I'm sure everyone's waiting with uh, bated breath. Jack, what's the surprise? Come on, Josh. Okay, well, big reveal, big surprise is uh, it's our kind of unique feature, this podcast uh, that we're going to run with. And it's called the catchy title of Algorithm Teams. Okay. Algorithm, Algorithm Teams. So what we've done is we've got two friends because i know you're not allowed to have multiple teams so two of our friends have given us their accounts and they're allowing us to run two teams that will be picked each week based on a certain algorithm that we're or a certain set of rules if you like that we're putting together and so the experiment will run throughout the season of seeing how these teams do against the average and against us and against, and generally, and we'll try and discern some, well, some learnings, some information based on these algorithms that we can hopefully apply to our own, our own managed teams, Josh. Great. So that's Useful what we're feedback for all the listeners. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, so what, what are you zeroing in? What are we zeroing in on? Well, Josh, two, as I said, two teams, the first team I've called the XG 11. Okay, so this will be a team purely picked based on XG. So what I've done is I've put together the team initially for game week one that was had the highest possible XG that I could muster up. So that isn't necessarily the the 15 players with the highest XG because that'd be far too expensive for a team. So I had to make concessions here and there. But what I think I've put together is the highest possible feasible team based on XG. And then going forward, the rule for this team will be the player that got the highest XG for that game week. Oh, well, no, the player with the highest XG through the whole league that this team doesn't own will get subbed in for the player, will get transferred in, I should say, for the player that's currently in the team with the lowest XG, if that makes sense. So so running through the team, so I'll demonstrate what will happen this week, if you like, to, to kind of illustrate that. So the team the team that was picked with the highest XG, can you guess the goalie, Josh? The only goalie with any XG last year. Allison. Correct, Allison. He had 0.18 XG, so he was in. Um, the defence was interesting. So we've got Konza, Villa, oh. Sice, and Zuma. Kurt Zuma is in the team as well. Zuma. So Zuma didn't play. So Zuma had... Great XG last year. He didn't play, so Simicast came in for him. That was like the logical switch to save money elsewhere to get higher XG players in. So the the defence was Conzasais and Simicast. The midfield, of course, Salah and Fernandez, two of the highest XG of last season. 
And then we've got the Aman Suchek, Josh, we've already mentioned. He had some great XG last year. And El Ghazi of Aston Villa. No Surprisingly, way. I actually did bang in a few goals. So I was, I was surprised there. Up front, we're playing a 3-4-3. So up front was Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Uh, very high XG again. More pay. Very low Your scorer, favorite. but high XG last year. Hate the guy, but fair play, scored <laughs> this week. And my friend, Patrick Bamford, who not only let me down, he let the XG 11 down as well. Now, slight slight issue, did forget to set the captain, so it defaulted to Jamie Vardy. Bit annoying as it would have been Salah, but Salah V, Vardy still scored. So this point total would have been a bit higher, really, if anything. But it, it came in, the XG 11, Josh, this week, with a very respectable 79 points. Oh, and above the average. Go on the algorithm. Beat me. Thanks, algorithm. Beat my team. So the XG11 is doing pretty well so far. Now, transfers for the XG11. Josh, do you know slash can you guess who had the highest XG this game week of all players? Ooh. If you had to guess. XG. Don't cheat. Yeah. Don't oh. cheat. Antonio? You are bang on. Antonio, 1.51 uh, okay. XG and an incredible 0.46 XA. So he had the highest XG and XA. Expected goal, expected assist. He did miss the bend, to be fair. But still, a 1.51 is huge. So Antonio is going to come in. And sadly for the player, so that, that means the rules say he needs to come in for the player that's possible to transfer him out with the lowest XG. And sadly for Mr. Bamford, I'm afraid. Oh, Patrick. That's you, Patrick. That is you. I'm just going to see if I can find Patrick's XG. But I know for a fa- I did look at it earlier. I know for a fact it was much lower than Vardy's and Morpay's. Looking down the list now, I can't even see you, Patrick. I can't even see it. The fact that you're not on the top six pages of Understat, I think says it all, Patrick. So you're going. I'm not ever going to say what it was. It was yeah, bad. it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So Patrick, you're out. I'm bringing in... I'm, this, I'm doing this sub live on air, Josh. This is a live transfer. It's exciting. This is podcasting. Um, oh, that was close. Nearly did it on my own team. <laughs> very, very would have been bad. Sign out and sign to my friends, who's very kindly given me access to his... Thank you, friend. ...account. Now then. You know what? I could do this later, can't I? Let's move on. Let's move on to the next... The second algorithm team. So the second, exactly. So the second algorithm team is the differentials. Differential United, we've called them. So the rule, there's only one rule of this team. Every player that gets transferred in has to be under 5% owned. So at the start of the picking the team, I had to go by players that were under 5% owned only. So as soon as a player went over that, I couldn't pick them for this game week. So, and I went with the best, my gut feeling and the previous score, as if I was picking my own team, but with that rule applied. So in goal was our friend Meslier from Leeds. You got Aaron's from Norwich, highly rated. The star of the week, Alonso, 15 points. Thank you very much. 3.7% owned. Matty Lowton, 2.6% owned. Burnley, reliable. Sadio Mane, the captain, 4.3% owned. Again, only came in with uh, the three points. 
Pepe at Arsenal. I was surprised he was under 5% because quite a few people went for him. But yeah, only 3% owned. Jared Bowen, kind of a bit the forgotten man at West Ham amongst FBL managers with the Benrahma, Benrahma love. Uh, 1.6% owned. Raheem the Dream, Sterling, 3.2% owned. So oh, he came in. Even after the Euros. Yeah, yeah it's a shame. Jimenez up front. We've got the three up front. We've got Rahul Jimenez. He was 3.6% as well. Timo Werner, 4.9%. So just on the cusp. Timo. Uh, and our favourite, Josh, ASM St. Maximan, 4.8% owned. Love he comes guy. in to make the three. And then we've got a bench, still a bit of money to go. So we've got, well, the goalie, we've got the Leeds backup goalie, just a backup Meslier, Claesson. Uh, we've got Deli Alley, 1.4% owned. Good pick. Veltman, your man Veltman, Josh, oh, is now Croc, 3.7% owned. And then finally, Regulon with rounding off the bench, with 3.1% owned. So Good how team. did they do? It's not very well, I'm sorry to say. Only a meagre 40 points for the differentials. So is there a reason they'd not pick very much? Maybe so. But throughout the season, we will find out if going differential helps so again the rule will be the highest scoring player of the game so far in terms of fpl points will be brought in that's under five percent owned so whichever the the highest under five percent owned player will be brought in each week effectively um and i believe i do believe that that is a brentford player pinnock it could be pinnock or it could be Canos. Ah, good point. So Canos got 11 points. Well, they've both got Pinnock, 11 points. Pinnock also got 11 points. So there, I think I go for the least owned, so the most differential. Nice. So Pinnock's 1.9. Canos, 1.5. We have a winner. We have a winner. So actually, do I have the money? I do. So our boy Brownhill is going to get the boot. He's gone. He's gone. Brownhill gets the boots for a good friend. Sergio Canos. Wait a minute. I'm in the XG11 now. You know what? I could do. Let's not do the transfers live on air, Josh. Is my <laughs> is my learning point from our first pod. We're learning. We're we'll learning. handle this later. We're learning. So there you go. So that's what the algorithms are going to do. So each week we'll update you with how the algorithms are getting on their team value, their points, which players we've brought in and which are doing well. And we'll see how well XG can translate to FPL points and how cool you can make a differential team and how they can fare week by week as well. So that's Um, the end of that. Amazing. I know I'm going to be watching that XG team, especially. Indeed, I'm very interested. Very interested in the XG team as well, Josh, I have to say. And a great, yeah, a good start for them. A very good start for them. So well, let's see how they get on in game week two, and then we can judge yeah, them properly. Totally. If they beat us throughout the season, it's going to be wounding. It is going to be, but a great lesson for next season, which is the exactly. whole point. Great. Very good. So that's everything. Game week one done. Little look on game week two. We've got the algorithm teams. Tune in again after game week two, and we'll do it all again. Very good. Thanks all. Cheers, Josh. Take care. See you soon.